This morning, my message, the origin of true joy, or origin of joy, is in conjunction with this being the first week of Advent. Of the candles that are lit during the Advent season, joy is one of them. And I'm... I'm thinking this morning at the end of the service, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Daryl come and he's going to light this candle as symbolically of, of what we're going to pray for in the spirit. But um, I just wanted you to think about this morning is we think about the true idea of joy. See, with all the trials, the suffering, the testing, it's easy for us to mope around and look at ourselves and say, you know, do you see what's going on in my life? Can't you see I'm suffering for Christ? Paul was in this situation. Here I am, here is Paul at this this time in Philippians. He's in jail when he pens these words. He says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He's making a command and in case you missed it the first time, he emphatically says it a second time, rejoice. Rejoice. See, we never hear those commands, even in the Old Testament. We don't hear, don't lust. I mean it, don't lust. See, but Paul says that about about joy. He says, listen, I want you to rejoice. No, in case you missed it the first time, I want you to really rejoice. Paul is saying here, he's, he's saying this while he's shackled, he's He's chained and in prison. He's writing these words. He's telling us to rejoice. How can such a man say such a thing in such a time? As I was thinking about it, since my father passed away on Tuesday morning, and I was thinking, Lord, you'd already put this message in my heart on joy. And as everything was unfolding, I thought to myself, am I going to be able to be there for that message on Sunday? And part of me was like, Lord, I want to preach this message on joy on such an occasion as this. Because true joy is not felt in an emotional up and down. It's not that roller coaster. True joy is sensed in the deepest, darkest hour of your life. That's where the joy of the Lord really becomes your strength. So let's see what the context is in Philippians chapter 4 here. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 2, he says, I plead with Yodia and Sintech to be the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask of you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Sandwiched in between in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy and peace. I am going to show you that in the scripture here, love and, and peace are sandwiched again, even in Philippians, what Paul is telling us here. He's telling, he's seeing, he's describing this, these people who have worked and, and labored alongside of him in love. When was the last time you rejoiced about your name being in the book of life? When was the last time you even thought about your name being written in an eternal place? See, my home isn't here. My name is written in an eternal place. I have a reservation already guaranteeing my place. See, it's like when you go to dinner or you, you, you get yourself a, a hotel for the night. They say your room is ready or your, your table is ready. 
My reservation has been made. My reservation, a destination, a determination based upon a life of dedication determines where I will be. See, Jesus told his disciples, they were rejoicing about something that had happened, something very temporal. In fact, what had happened was they were excited in Luke chapter 10. It says that even the demons obeyed them and they got happy about it. They were rejoicing about it. And Jesus said to them in verse 19, he says, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. However, do not rejoice in this, but that your names are written in heaven. That's what we rejoice about today. See, I'm not rejoicing because it's what I feel like doing. I rejoice Because it's a command of God. I rejoice because even when he says rejoice in the Lord, that last, the very word Lord there means this. It means absolute ownership rights. So I rejoice because of who owns me. I rejoice this morning is because I know who owns me. See, you know how you, when you have a car and someone else is owning it and you're just borrowing it, guess who's responsible for the repairs? Someone else. See, but when, when God is responsible for what happens to me, God is responsible for what happens in my life. As long as I have given him true ownership. See, many of us, though, we operate like the rental car. Hey, God, you have me, you have me, until something goes wrong. Oh, God, now you can't have me anymore. Or when everything's going good. No, you can't have me now, Lord. Don't you see what's going on around me? Look at how good things look. See, God's great mercy, his grace. I deserve death, but he brings joy because he has saved me it is joy unspeakable we were not created for a depressed life some like to live in this place never joyful they live in gloom and despair you remember the old hee-haw show some of you maybe a bit a little bit too young for that but i want you to know remember the boys gloom despair and agony on me they would sing deepest dark depression excessive misery if it weren't for bad luck i'd have no luck at all Doom, despair, and agony on me. See, that's how we look sometimes in the church. We look exactly like that. And then we wonder why the world goes, I don't want that. Why would I want that? Look at you guys. You're miserable. People look at the church today. I'm, those I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. Those who suck the very life out of you when you talk to them. You know, those who, when you, you, you sit around with them just a little bit, and you, by the time you're done, you're just like, man, everything I had is just gone. <laughs> they took it all out of me. They drained me. See, they walk around. I know a, a pastor friend, he, he says, I said, how are you doing? He says, oh, I'm, I'm muddling along. See, we were not made to muddle. <laughs> who wants to muddle? I don't want to muddle. See, the Bible talks about this as a command. When was the last time we confronted somebody about not rejoicing? Jesus, or Paul here, says it twice. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. See, we'll we'll confront adultery, we'll confront sin, but this is a sin just as much. When we don't walk in in rejoicement, we don't walk in rejoicing, we actually need to be confronted. Ooh, when was the last time that happened? When you come into church and you got all that gloom on you, somebody should say, hey, 
straighten up or get outside and pray a little bit before you come in. I've said, I spoke to several church people lately, and they have told me, Greg, I just can't live in this place. It's almost as if they say, I'm, I'm happy being here. I like residing in this place of misery. I like staying in this place. I, I enjoy this place. It makes me comfortable. I love, it's my personality. Oh, there we go again. My personality allows me not to obey the God. It allows me to do whatever I want. See, but the Holy Spirit, he produces love, joy, and peace. These are the fruit of the Spirit. Not that we don't struggle. Not that we don't work. Not that we don't cry. Not that we don't mourn at times. But it is that joy that wells up within us. Galatians 5, and 23, sandwiched in between love and peace is joy. I will tell you this morning, if you don't love, you won't have joy. If you've never experienced God's peace, you will not have joy. Now you wonder why you're, you're living where you're at. It's not a change of a mind or emotions. It is the joy of the Lord that is tied to something deeper. Because if not, man, it's it's like every other sin. Rejoice. This is a command. It's in the imperative. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And some of you guys go, well, but that's not me. I'm just not, you know, some people... You guys, this is not about a certain gift that you're given. Man, and, 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 and understand, when I look at this passage, this whole idea of rejoicing, I'm like some of you where naturally, I, 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 I'm a problem solver. My mind goes straight to problems and I try to fix it. I've always been this way. I, ever since I was a little kid, I, I just, I wasn't a happy kid. I was not a happy kid at all. I remember, I can, you know how you remember little things from your childhood? And you don't know why you remember those memories, but they're just in there. I remember my aunt, my aunt. When, when I was a kid, I, every time we'd visit her, she'd always say the same thing to me. She'd look at me and she goes, Why are you never happy? <laughs> I still, you know how you were, like certain things are ingrained in your head? Like I always remember because it was like shocking. I really just look sad all that time. You know, never have. And I also remember this other time. My dad was cooking and uh, you ever, uh, he was cooking a fish. And, 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 you know, when we cook a fish, we cook the whole fish. You know, the head, everything is just right there. And I remember just looking at the fish's face. And I remember just going up to my dad and go, man, he looks so sad. <laughs> and I still remember my dad. He looked right at me and he goes, that how you always rook. <laughs> That's so weird. Like that how I always rook? I mean, I always rook like that? You know, it's just... But that's, that was me. It was just like this kid that was just this mopey, problem-filled, stressed out, you know. I mean, even as a child, that just wasn't me, you know. And I'm not talking about the person that's just naturally happy because he's a happy person. That was not me at all. But you guys, there's this person called the Holy Spirit, okay? And when he comes into you, the Bible says you'll see the fruit of him. You'll see love and you'll see joy. See, the origin of joy is not of this world. It springs from God and has God as its objective. 
It has a deep sense of reconciliation to God. It's ex- knowing that we are accepted by God and we are adopted in him. We have the assurance of our future. Whatever it may be, it is guaranteed by God's goodness. See, the joy of the Lord is the true mark, the sign, the symbol of a strong spiritual life. Our joy is not tied to circumstance or the emotions of the day. It is not that roller coaster ride. It is dependent, its dependence is on God. So the source, source is fixed, steadfast, strong, and secure. See, joy is not an emotion because it is found in the character of God. A joy of being like him. Superhuman joy. Supernatural joy. In him we live, move, and have our being. See, it's that kind of joy that that Christ carried around with him. Not being the cut up or the joke teller or being funny or riding on the wave of of happiness. It's, it's It's about... not being this, this momentary joy, but this continuous joy. That's why Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. So whatever the circumstance you're going through, we as Christians, we don't have to, to be uh, uh, governed or ruled by what the, we see in the world. We are governed and ruled by a higher power. God is in control of our lives as we have allowed him to be the one that's in control. See, joy does not... Joy persists in a variety of our moods. See, many times, here's what we do. We, we get a problem, and we stare at it. And then pretty soon, people come up by, and they're going, what are you looking at? Oh, yeah, that's bad. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Look what's happening to you. Oh, man. I don't know how I could do that. And then the other one comes along. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Let me pat you on the back. Let me make you steer. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's a bad thing. And pretty soon we're all looking at the situation instead of focusing on God, who is in control. He, if we allow him to be in control of our lives, he is. See, yeah, the, the prince and power of the air, he rules this, this earth that we live on. But those who, are, those who have been uh, put in this, this, the center of what God's doing, they are protected no matter what happens to them. And they are governed by God's goodness. There is no way the enemy can impeach God. So we don't have to worry about God being voted out. Or God being, his, his rule being thwarted. God's plan will come about. Philippians 4, 5, as we move on through this, this little part of the chapter, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This word gentleness means, two, it's put together by two words, meaning Fitting and, and equitable. Fitting and equitable. What he's telling us is that when, when I, what, how I want your life to be is I want it to be reasonable, another translation says. Reasonable to all because the Lord is near. See, we don't react like the world. My father passed away this week. Yeah, I should be at the end of my rope. I should be just, I should be boohooing and crying and I should be just all upset. But what I, what I know is that there is a coming a day when I am going to see him once again. I am going to be with him. This is temporary. This shell I live in is temporary. It's not going to last. It's but a vapor. I'm going to use this, Ron, if you don't mind, and I hope it doesn't. But Ron came by this week, and Ron Zanini, and he was con- giving me condolences, and he just said, hey, I'm thinking about you right now. I'm sorry about what happened. And he goes, you know, Greg, I, my mother passed away some time back, and I really didn't 
I didn't have that, a lot of emotions about it until I saw the remains of her after they had cremated her and she was in this little box. And I said, that can't be my mom. She was much more than that. And I said to Ron, I said, I said it last week, I said, our life, this life, is a mist, it's a vapor. It's not like the fog you see in the valley, it's poof, and you're gone. That's why we don't depend and we don't look to the world as our strength and our, our source. We look to God. He is the only thing that is stable. See, everyone should look at us and how we react and say, that's what I want in my life. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. James 1.2 says, consider it pure joy. And as we move on to the last part of Philippians 4.6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When everyone else is freaking out, the economy, our present world, the, the circumstances of terrorists and all these things that are going on, we are not anxious because we have, we have a source of strength. We know how it's going to end. And I'm telling you right now, it's not going to end good. What kind of person would we be today if we never worried about anything again? We would say to us today, we'd say, well, that looks impossible, Greg. No, because you know what? The Bible says we have the same spirit, the same power, the same glory. We're made in the same image, and we have the same measure. So we don't need to fret about life. We have an inner peace, an inner resolve, an inner steadfastness in any situation. Thanksgiving, prayer, and petition. He gives us our answer. Trusting him. See, we'll trust God. We'll, we, we, we say we trust God, but we will actually put, as soon as, soon as we truly let our, ourselves go, we grab it back up. We'll trust in foolish things. I want you to think about this just for a minute. You trust in mechanical, the mechanical ability when you're going on 190 at Plano Drive. There's cross traffic there. You put more trust in those red lights and those green lights, because you're gonna, you want to make sure that the other ones have the red when you're going through. You put more trust in that a lot of times than you'll put in trust in God. And that's something foolish. That's something that can fall apart. That's something that can be inoperable. But we put our trust in those things. Do I really believe that God has my best in mind? Sometimes I think that's where our problem lies. See, I prayed last night and nothing happened, God. He wants me to trust him fully and not take it back. Philippians 4, 7, as we read on in Philippians here, he says, and the peace of God, there it is. We started with love and now he ends, he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, there's that fruit of the Spirit again. Peace, sandwiched in between love and peace, is the joy of the Lord. Remember in the boat, when the storm was raging, Jesus was in the back sleeping? See, we have to have that kind of peace in the midst of when, when everything is going wrong around us. What we want to do, what I want to do, is 
I want to hang on to the problem. I want to grasp the problem. If I get a hold of this, I feel comfortable. If I'm in control of my circumstances, then everything will be fine. If I don't have a job, or I don't have this, or I don't have that, or I'm missing that, or this is going this, if I don't have control of these situations, everything just seems out of my grasp. I'm, I can't trust God on this. Because would he really have my good in mind? Paul ends it like this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, I rejoice today because my citizenship is in heaven. My mind is fixed upon not on the things of this world, but on the things of God. People will be shocked by your peace in the midst of situations. Well, I don't know if I can rejoice, Greg. I'm in a rut right now. I've been walking this. You don't understand what I've been through. Do you know how many things I've had to go through? Hey, listen, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, if it's in, it, if it's in heaven, you have something to rejoice about. When you come through that door on Sunday morning and you say, I just don't feel like praising him. You know what? The Bible says that rejoice in the Lord always. He doesn't give you any, any options there. It's a continuum. In fact, the word, it's, he says it when he says it, it's in, in the continuous process present tense and he's saying this rejoice keep rejoicing and then when if you haven't stopped keep rejoicing again he says double he's telling us to continue that type of rejoicing there when we rejoice like that people will want what you have my name is written in the lamb's book of life someone told me and said well greg when i come in i just i don't i don't want to i don't want to fake it it's not a matter of faking it it's a matter of being obedient He's telling us to do it. Well, I don't feel it. You're not supposed to. It's not about a feeling. It's not about an emotion. It's, it's tied to Christ himself. It's his impartation into your life. Those fruits are not yours. He has given them to you as evidence of who you are in him. Our obedience is tied to our joy. Psalm Psalms 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. David said that. Disobedience will cause the joy of the Lord to depart. What are you talking about? Well, John 15, Jesus said it like this. John 15.10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. There it is. Jesus is saying it. That my joy may be in you. It's not your joy. It's his joy. And that your joy may be complete. Mm. See, he's given us our connection, our abiding, our walking in his spirit, our obedience brings about the completion of this joy. This joy has its origin, it originates in heaven. It is not earthly. It is tied to something immovable, shakable, and unchangeable. Today, I'm this morning, before we close, I want to pray for you. Because some of you, you don't have any joy. Some of you, and I'm going to give you, the, there's two examples I'm going to give you. This Some of you have been just trying to strive for the things of God. You have, you've been walking it out. You've been, you've been working. You've been, you've been doing all the things that God wants you to do. And you just, and, and, and in some ways I'm even to blame because I put more on top of you. And I say, hey, you know what? You got to do this too. And they're like, well, really? Come on. And what I'm telling you this morning is, yeah, but you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to pray for you that the joy of the Lord will be made complete in you.
I want the impartation of the Spirit of God. He says, the joy that you have, I want to give you through Christ Jesus. Others of us, because of hurt, pain, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, we have lost the joy of the Lord. We just, we come in, we mope, we, we muddle along. I want the joy of the Lord to be your strength. I want when people hear about what's going on at Pleasant Valley Church, I want them to go, you know what? The power of God is upon those people. The joy of the Lord is their strength. They don't walk as normally. See, we, we remember the, the, old, the old thing that people used to say, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. See, what our problem is now is we're so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good at all. There's a change that has to happen in the atmosphere. Today, as we close, I want you to know that God's joy, His imparted joy, is your strength. It's not an emotional experience. It's the power of God working in you. When you see someone's life around you, even in church, and they're all... Just know... Joy's not there. Pray for him. Daryl, would you come and light that candle? The joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't want our joy to be tied to just some emotional experience, but to be something that truly changes us. I'd like you all just to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a minute. If you want to, you can just put your hands in front of you and leave them open to saying, God, I want to receive whatever it is you have for me this morning. Heavenly Father, as the pastor of this church, as the shepherd of this flock, I asked this morning for the joy of the Lord to once again come into our lives. God, not an emotional experience this morning, but God, something that's that's tied to you, that's tied to heaven, the origin of true joy. Lord, I ask this morning that those that are in this building this morning, maybe they've just, they've struggled, they've just, they've been trying to do the things that you've asked them, but Lord, it just weighs down on them. They've, they've, they've given themselves and midst of that times it's just it seems like a struggle god i ask for the joy of the lord that their names are written in the lamb's book of life in eternity in heaven and lord this morning that those that are in this room maybe that just have lost that that fire that joy that once dwelt within them lord i pray that this morning we'd set aside our personality my personality wants to be a, a mountain man out in the middle of nowhere. Not tied to people, but God, you've chosen us for a different course. So Lord, I will obey your command. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. And you said again, I say rejoice. Lord, let our joy be full this morning. For our kids, for our neighbors 
our church, for those around us, even at work. Lord, let the joy of the Lord, Lord, let the joy of the Lord be evident to all around us. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. We're going to sing this song, Create in Me a New Heart. Oh 